Hello there and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. In a hectic world, this is a little oasis of calm and nostalgia from our guests who choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life or career. Now, if you're listening on podcast, we cannot play the music because of copyright laws. But really, this is about stories. So let's hear them. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Welcome to the island where today's guest telling the story behind their musical memories is a Galway man, a distinguished broadcaster known to most of us simply as SBB. It's a pleasure to welcome Sean Bond Brannock. Thank you, Sean. Listen, you've broad, you've broadcast for longer than most people in this industry. What was your first broadcast? The first of April nineteen sixty-nine from um, Henry Street, Radio Ireland. It was a live show, pop show in the Marcha, as the programme title suggests, it was live on Tuesday, Tuesdays. quarter past 11, and um, I was introduced to radio. Bernie Master Vision Show with Brendan Balfe and Terry Wogan came on first. That was pre-recorded. And then he'd finished the programme by saying, and here now with the live shows, the groovy Bob Ogue from Spidale, Sean Baumdrama. So that's, that was how it started. Now, Sorry, Sean, that was 11.15 in the morning, was it? In the evening, in late the evening. at night. All right, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. Liam DeValley, who assistant head of light entertainment that time and uh, he suggested to my sister they met uh, at a at the Damer Hall where they do Irish dramas and he was looking for a disc jockey Askelge playing the, the pops and you know what that was really far-fetched in 1969 there was only one problem with the whole thing he needed a script after every program he didn't get a script after the first program and he didn't get a script after the 26th programme. So it was all ad lib. You weren't, were you, were you working for RTE at that stage or were you just no, brought in no, for that, just that, that programme? Right. Oh no, I just come back from London. I spent three and a half years in London. I, I worked in the buildings in London and I was lucky enough to get in with the guy. You heard of Alan Freeman, the famous mm-hmm. disc jockey fluff. Well now, he, he, his first cousin had mobile discos around London and my brother was a mechanic in a, a local garage where we lived in Potter's Bar. And uh, he was talk- got talking to me. He says, I have a brother who does the youth club here. And he got me in to do 21st and wedding. And that's how it... And he gave me a name. My name in England was DJ B.A. Binny Arnold. <laughs> 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 Explain yeah. it. Yeah, well, you just every disc jockey he had, he had to give them a name. So I don't know where Benny Arnold came from. So my cousins in London are, hello, Benny, all right, mate. <laughs> so I did a lot of gigs, you know, local discos. The most famous disc jockey I was on stage with in England came to Ireland. Actually, he started Radio Nova, Spangles Muldoon, <laughs> and he'd just come off uh, the ship. I don't know whether it was Caroline or London. 
Radio mm. London, Radio Carolyn. And he came to Potters Bar about 30 miles uh, from London where I lived with my cousins. And my cousins, three girls, were all around the same age as I was. And uh, that's what saved me in a lot of ways. What I mean this, what saved me was, had I gone into Camden Town or Kentish Town, I would have just been with all the neighbours and the cousins. I would have never probably yeah. Yeah, left there and the building. I was working on the building with my uncle as well. But they, my cousins brought me down to the youth club. All of a sudden, uh, they had a, D, uh, a disco equipment. Nobody could use it. We started, and that's how I started. And then Liam Valley had this chance meeting with my sister, yeah. and she rang me. She said, would you like to come home and do an audition for this new pop show? I'm very reluctant now. I, the, the, the life in London was absolutely, well, outside London, was absolutely uh, brilliant. I went through that hippie uh, era, you know, and all that, and I was wearing pyjama suits and all that. And my brother one day was working on the building, and he saw me across the road <laughs> in, in Barnet. He said, by Jesus, he said, you better take that off. And I'm telling you, I'll, I'll ride home, he says, to Mammy and Daddy, and you going round uh, with flowers and pyjama suits. He says, you're a bloody disgrace to the family. <laughs> so, so you come back to Dublin and you have Pop Show in the Morta and yeah. So, I presume you put an awful lot of thought into what your first song was going to be playing on the national broadcast. I did, but I got great help. John Kill, lead singer with the Green Beats yeah. at the time, and working in RT. When John Kill and I got on with like a house on fire, uh, I remember the first day I met him in Radio Wern and he said to me, what kind of music do you like? Well, I said, y you'd be shocked by this. I said, from somebody, a young fella from Connemara, I wasn't 20 yet. I said, Motown, Soul and Reggae. Jesus, he looked at me, really, he said. <laughs> because Tony Blackburn was my favourite disc jockey and he, he played Motown, Soul and Reggae nearly all the time. So what did you choose to play then as your opening track? Well, you know what, there was a lot of them. I, I said, I'll, I'll have to go with Motown. I had, I saw a group, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles in London in 60, uh, middle of 68, all that. Uh, but I said I'll go with the Jackie Wilson, Higher and Higher. That's the first record I played, and it still remains one of my top favourites. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's Jackie Wilson, Higher and Higher, the choice of today's guest broadcaster, Sean Bon Branagh. So you had Pop Show in the Morte on a Tuesday night on, on, mm. on Radio Air, but, but you became a very successful TV presenter by the mid-70s. In 71, I was about to go back to London uh, when uh, Paul O'Feely was running, Irish, God rest him, running Irish colleges, Colarch de Lorgan, which is now the biggest Irish college uh, in Ireland. And he asked me to be an entertainment manager in the college. I mean, remember, there was 800 students there for June, July and August. And I said to him, sure, I went to school, the National School of Polo Field. And I said, I have no qualifications. I left school at uh, 14. Look, he says, I'll give you a job. I'm stuck for June, he says, especially with student teachers. He says, I can't get students. So in the college anyways, he opened the window and outside the window in the college, in a prefab, there was a big scythe. <laughs> If your man comes, he says, the inspector, he said, what you do, he says, you jump out, he says, and you start cutting like hell. <laughs> but anyways, one day I saw this man outside the, the door, he was looking in. And that evening in the pub, we were all, all the moon tourney gathered and had a drink, you know, and everything. So anyways, uh, the, the inspector walks in 
and file Tolo Field says to me, put your head down. And your man startled that and don't, he said. I heard the best discussion, he says, rural versus the city. I was outside the, the door the other day listening to me, he says. He had them all nearly fighting, he said. <laughs> Leave the man there, he says. I don't give a damn what qualifications mm. he has. He can do the job. So, And then uh, Jeremy Swan from RT and Lima Murakul, God be good to him, they asked me to compare my first television show, which was Emil, E-M, I-M-E-L-L, on the edge, on the verge, on the edge. And that was um, a rock. It was no rock and that was pop. The Jacobites were the resident group and right. uh, Ty De Bruyne was the musical director. And from that on, then Reddy and the Girls that opened. But um, television, I tell you how television started. Um, that's how that programme started. Emil, when that finished, somebody who wrote a script for Wanderley Wagon, and they thought I'd be great in Wanderley Wagon, uh, the, wa the wagon goes, Helen Quinn wrote the script for Wanderley Wagon, and she called it the, the wagon goes west. It gets lost in Connemara, and they all land into Radio and the Girls took the headquarters in Kosla. And when Joe O'Donnell saw that, it was a really off the wall thing, you know. <laughs> Again, no script, nothing. And he said, This fella's mad enough, he says, to, do, to, to front a television show. And with him and Lima Morocco, head of Irish, that's when SBB and he started. It started around 76. 73, 74, I played the lead in the film Queen Arthur Lady. The lament yeah. for Arthur O'Leary. I played Arthur O'Leary, but my lads at home tell me they often saw it and they said, Dad, you're a better broadcaster than an actor, whatever you are. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that SBB and he was, was a very successful show. It ran from 76 to eight, late 82. But that would go on with Raddy and the Gael Tukta and still doing some work in the Irish colleges. I started a disco then in Irish colleges as well. It, it, it was all going, going well. It, it, in the mid-70s, I often asked myself, Des, how did I come out the other end? I was doing five magazine programmes for Raddy and the Gael Tukta. I was doing two FM. 1981 and 1982, The Breakfast Show, from half six to nine o'clock. I was doing commentaries on a Sunday. I was doing <laughs> discos on Friday and Saturday. But somehow, somehow, I, no wonder I lost the hair. I came out, I came out the other end, you know? Yeah, but you loved it. I absolutely loved every minute of it. And people ask me, do you remember any of those discos and what do you remember? Well, I tell you, I remember one in particular, that was the Onyoke Inn in Gorey. <laughs> it was the biggest, biggest disc, one of the biggest disc, probably the biggest disco in Ireland. And I arrived down there one Saturday evening and I looked around outside the hotel and couldn't see any posters. This I said, oh, jeez, I got this wrong. But who'd I see inside the restaurant but Jerry Ryan? And there was a mm. few people with them. And next thing I went in, I said, hello. And the next thing, the manager came in and he said, Sean, he said, I think you're here a week ahead oh, <laughs> of your time. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. Thrown and thrown. And I was about to go. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, Jerry Ryan said to him, look, he said, I'm not in the mood. I'll take it next week. I have the posters in the car. Look, let Sean do it this week. And then when the manager was gone, I knew I was playing second division, like, you know, yeah. that Jerry Ryan and Ronan Collins were first division. You know what, the moolah. But, 
But he said, I'll tell him, he says, to be the same as I'm getting paid, but I'm not telling you. It was brilliant. And I got to know him a little bit after, but I thought it was so decent of him. It was decent of him, it certainly yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. One, one of the bands you followed in that era, Sean Bonbranek, was Clonard. I mean, Clonard. I think, still think Clonard were absolutely exceptional. A family group from Guidor, and then they had the family pub, their father, Leo, and me, Nileke. I'd say you were there yourself in the Guidor. <laughs> and uh, me, Maura Brennan was the best singer, one of the best singers you could ever get. She was brilliant. They, they made the top 10, didn't they, with um, Harry's game? Yes. But I followed them all over Ireland. I followed them. I introduced them at a lot of places. And remember, I introduced them in, this, in Leisureland in Galway. Oh, it must be late 70s. And Alan Stavell, uh, the harpist remember, from yeah. Brittany, was there. Ah, there was about 3,000 <laughs> in um, Leisureland. But it was the party in Flannery's Hotel afterwards. Oh, my God. That lasted for for a couple of days. But great group, great singers. They're still going. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. And which which track are you are you choosing from Clannad? The fact that they were a bilingual group and they were they were so ahead of their time. But I've chosen this one because I was always in love with this song. It's very simple. It's only two minutes, but it's all about a young girl called Lisa. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's Clonard there and Lisa, the choice of today's guest broadcaster, Sean Bonbranock. You were to move into sport for most of your career, I suppose, really, look at, yeah. you know, afterwards. And, and you saw the world with sport as well, didn't you? Yeah, and of course, we were together on a few, a few of those occasions, like Atlanta, never forget it. Between Heineken Cubs, Rugby Internationals, uh, three World Cups, what else? You know, Olympics, 202 Olympics. Mm. It was absolutely brilliant. But, yeah. um, what's, yeah. your, what's, what's your favourite? What was your favourite sporting moment of the ones you saw and covered? Ah, uh, Katie Taylor would have to be. <laughs> Katie Taylor winning the gold. But my own flesh and blood, my own man from Connemara, Sean Mannion, fighting for the world title in Madison Square Garden in the mid-80s. I mean, that was absolutely incredible because... I think we all got up listening to big fights when we were young. I, I started getting up. We had a small, got a small radio from my uncle when I was eight, and we started getting up in the middle of the night because my father spent ten years in America, the time of the depression. He was crazy about boxing and baseball and everything. So we used to get up, and here we are now, ready on the guy after the broadcasting live. Uh, from Madison Square Garden, uh, the big fight and Sean O'Manion against uh, Mike McCallion. That was, would stand out as one of the great, great occasions. And another one... Um, can I just I ask could, about that, though, yeah. Sean? The, the, the crowd that was there, was there a massive Galway crowd or were they Irish, oh broad Irish? Oh, my God almighty. They came from everywhere. 500 came up from San Francisco alone. And imagine <laughs> interviewing some of them after the fight and for next morning for a magazine programme for, from, from some station in New York. It was absolutely wonderful. And, and to be commentating beside Sugar Ray Leonard, I mean, one of the great, one of the great boxers of all time. To me, that era of Mike McCallion, Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard, 
uh, Tommy Hearns and all yeah. them and Sean Mannion. It was a fantastic era. Three different uh, middleweights, but it was brave. But another one, of course, would be uh, Steve Collins. Uh, that was really... I met Steve Collins by chance in Boston. I, I don't know. Oh, I was launching some Irish language CD and somebody told me, you should go down to this Petronelli club. The Petronelli brothers uh, yes. had the club boxing and he, Sean Mannion was there. Uh, before that, and I met Steve Collins, and I didn't realise before that he said, "The Mishag Kolosh de Gaelge, let's and more." So I got my f couple of words of Irish out of him. We stayed um, friendly then, and after a couple of years, the big breakthrough for Steve came, and he rang me here in Galway, and he said, "Sean, I'm trying to upset uh, Chris Eubank. Is there any chance you'd write out just a half a minute, you know?" Not even a full paragraph as Gaelge for, for the way in. And of course, we all know now when, when Steve Collins read out that Bulimisha uh, on COC <laughs> as Chris Eubank, a uh, Gurkig, that uh, Eubank walked out. I was doing a, a radio report for the news from Radio on the Gaeltata. Jesus, who would I meet in the lift but, but Eubank? And he was furious. I was afraid to tell him I wrote that. <laughs> but but uh, be, when, before we were on the ground anyways, uh, I explained to him that it was the Irish language. It was the first language of Ireland. And you know, that kind of quietened him down. He didn't realise, oh, he said, he said nothing bad about you at all. But, <laughs> you know, but yeah. the other story, of course, about Steve Collins is Reagan did that first fight and then did the second fight and I prob probably I think I told them the late late and a few times in other programs about um, the second fight it was absolutely teeming down teeming down it was with the rain just before the decision was announced and it was a bit of a shock because we all thought he won it easy it was touch and go in the first fight in uh, Mill Street but the second fight we all thought we had a way heard Ian Dark was beside me from Sky and we had him, Artie Nee, my co-commentator, uh, and we had him four points ahead. And then it was it was a lot closer than that, according to the judges. But before the decision this was announced, there was a kind of a silence around us because Sky had lost the sound. And, you know, there was real panic. And the next thing, Joe Brennan, my producer, said, get in, he says, Gustav, get in, get, you have the scoop now, go in, go in. You know me, yeah. Des, very yeah. shy and reluctant, so... <laughs> you went? I was, halfway, yeah. I was halfway through the rope and about to ask Collins, will Shabutagut, did you win it? Yeah. Well, the next thing, this big hand came around my head and one fella said to the other, he said, you know, George, the sound is gone. He said, I know, and I think, he says, it's this bald-headed so-and-so. It's the cause of it all. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, I you, pulled out that time. You yeah. had you had your share of adventures, certainly. There's no doubt. Oh Sean, my God! Your final musical choice is the Hot House Flowers. The ah, story yes. about this. Ah, yeah. I saw I saw the lads Fiachna and Liam. I saw them on Grafton Street when they were called the Benzini Brothers, and I fell in love with them, and I got to know them. And they came down to Radio and the Girls at a good few times before they were stars at all, and that that wrote Irish songs. Orana, Skelge and all that. But my big moment came with the Hot Flowers Flowers when they were to appear on top of the Pops. They were number six in the charts with Don't Go, right? Mm, yeah. So I said to my boss, 
uh, I'd love to go over and interview the hothouse flowers on top of the pops. And uh, he said, um, reluctantly, I said, so you probably won't get in. But anyways, um, I think I rang Jim Lockhart from, from the Horselips. And I said to Jim and sought his advice. Jim said, give it a go. You probably won't get in now. It's 25 past five on Friday evening. This program was recorded sometime after lunch on Tuesday. And I got through anyways. And this girl was just leaving the office. To make a long story short anyways, she said there was no hope first because everybody, all the teenagers, all the youth clubs all over England wanted to be there. There was only about 24 allowed. And she said, and then she, she spoke about her grandmother. Your name, she said, is strange. I said, yeah, Irish speaker, blah, blah, blah. More about the Irish language. Oh, my grandmother, she said, is staying with us at the moment. She's 92 and she speaks Gaelic. Oh, I said, wonderful. She said, oh my God, she said, her bones, you know, it's a pity. She's killed with arthritis. So I told her about Pachin. Oh, she said, she knows about that. Anyways, two bottles of Pachin came over <laughs> with me. And um, but the girl said to me, look, she said, we still might get, might get you in. But if you see the lads and if you know them well enough, just go in with them. They are allowed a guest or two. Next thing this car, when I was outside and by Jesus, I went over to Fiachna and Liam and some, somebody, some bouncer said, you can't. He said, this is our cousin. He says, you have to go in. He's in London all the time. But on the English accent, says Liam. <laughs> in I go anyways. Not alone did I break all the rules, but I did an interview with him there. And uh, there was a picture also in the Sunday World with Shinch Gaelala. It's a great scale. It's a great scale. And <laughs> it that, is a great scale. It is. And, and that's what we'll play out with. It's a song. It could be attributed to you as well. Don't go. Sean Bond, Gormil Margot. Fall through with the disc. Fairbo. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1.